Welcome to Naga's Memory. I'm your host, Lisidi Mukwaje. This is a podcast on black women's dreaming, seeing, and healing. Join me in conversation with some badass wild women who inspire all of us to live on the edge. To, to start from the beginning, because um, I know you through Mimi. <laughs> You're Mimi's older sister, but now also you make this medicine that I have been taking and that my partner has been taking. And so the curiosity is just about you as a black woman living in Kenya, the journey you've taken. Um, I know that you are in many ways um, concerned with health um, from a holistic perspective. And I just want to see what that looks like, you know, all the different colors of that for you and your life. So maybe you can start by um, just telling us who you are. Okay. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Lesede. Um Who I am is like um, a plethora of many things, really. Um, sort of, it's, I have had a really interesting journey into the space that I am at right now. But I'm actually a financier, you know, with a legal background or educated in law. And um, how my journey started is kind of, I can say like I was a regular Kenyan girl growing up until I went to England to do my university education. And having done that, I started working. And that is when I started having these experiences that sort of led to where I am. Number one, I noticed a huge sensitivity to the environment where maybe it was so built up or whether it was the, the noise or whatever it was, I just noticed that it was very easy for me to have an emotional reaction around certain things going on. So if there was if there was anger in the air, I could say that it's like I could feel the anger or the joy or the sadness. So I, I, that was really how I started thinking that perhaps I'm not well yeah. in the sense that along with um, I started experiencing very, very painful periods when I started working. So I began to associate some type of um, hyperactivity or hypersensitivity to the environment with this very painful periods. Mm. So that kind of, so then I was in and out of, of all the pharmacies because I was doing a very difficult job. I worked in investment banking. So because I had this time of the month where I was very edgy, before my t- before my period and during my period I was just a complete hot mess yeah so I remember going to the doctors um, in the building and she wanted to pres- prescribe me with Prozac and that was my first time sort of That's like an antidepressant yes interacting with antidepressants and she says you uh. must be depressed and I thought I must be depressed I mean what is all this yeah so because I felt like I wasn't performing optimally and there was a range of things going on because now coupled a bad period also brought me a lot of anxiety. So I noticed what I was calling anxiety was PMS at the time. Yeah. But so there was all these things going on and I was already being prescribed um, for with antidepressants very early in my working life. Mm-hmm. And then I started seeking holistic treatment as well. So I started going into places like Neil's Yard or alternative, you know, health providers, trying acupuncture, trying Reiki, yeah. you know, a bit of yoga. 
and little by little you know trying um what um what they call the the flower essences yes or homeopathy yes anything sure. really because you meet people and they say to you oh just try this this is yeah, what you have yeah just and how, and how was that very strange for you going into that i mean like i'm just assuming from uh, the work that you were doing that there's a kind of like straight a typeness <laughs> around um that industry and 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 sometimes you know things like homeopathy and acupuncture can seem so far out well they seem far out to my friends okay not to my coworkers because later on what i found is everybody was trying something for the stress for the anxiety to help them sleep better because this is an industry where people don't sleep very well ah, yeah. or for so everybody was it, it's normal i think in london um sort of alternative is very mainstream i see and Got the people it. who are always like trying goji berries or coconut oil yeah. or the latest trend it's also a trendy city for health for sure so it wasn't really out of out of um, order in the office but for my Kenyan friends or for my African friends who we all grew up with this strict colonial Christian upbringing yeah that was where sort of our our paths really diverged yeah so you know just kept on going kind of like that and in that time I spent um, 15 years in England and in that time I amassed a lot of books a lot of information mm-hmm. I can show you where all the interesting bookshops are yes and I'd go into all these different places places and try like a rose essence what does this do mm-hmm. buy myself a rose quartz what mm-hmm. does this do mm-hmm. so I look at it now as a type of information building Yeah, you were gathering I was sense. gathering information. Yeah. Now when I came back home, I still had the same problem and it was almost seen as a form of hysteria. Mm-hmm. Because my my PMS during my PMS I was kind of almost enraged, almost in a rage. Yeah. Then during the period itself I just be laid out on serious painkillers for a good four days. Yeah. And that was the norm for sure. me. So I remember um, a lady who worked for us said, "Oh, this is a common problem." She said to me, "Oh, this is common. I'm going to go to Western Kenya and get you the medicine that you need." And we all said, "Oh, why not? Let's try." Of course. Of course, yeah. And she brought this medicine and we called it Webuye because it came from a town in Webuye yeah. and her uncle used to prepare it. And it kind of like eased the pain, let's say by 50%. That's, everything that's a significant stayed. amount. Yes. Then I remember her uncle moved away from the area. Yeah. And we didn't have a source of medicine anymore. Okay. Then another lady, maybe two years later, brought another one from a, a part of Kenya called Keio. Yeah. And she said to me, you just take this and you'll vomit for four days and you'll never have that problem again. Huh. And I did vomit, but the problem didn't go away. So okay. I abandoned that one. Yes. <laughs> that oh. type of thing. Yeah. Now what happened in 2017 um, when my father died and we went to bury him, on the day that we were burying him, my period came, it was a mess. And it's very strange, but somebody noticed, a lady noticed, maybe from the way oh. I was bent over. Okay, she could notice you were in pain. Totally. And she told me yeah. what was happening emotionally. Yeah, she said to me later, this is it's so obvious what your problem is. It's so obvious. And tomorrow we're going to bring medicine dawa and you'll be okay. And she was like, "Chebet, you know, you're never going to have any this problem again." And I laughed because I'd had this would be the You've third dawa. Yeah, exactly. So when it came, well I took the medication in the way it was prescribed and my after that my first period after that was painless. Wow. And that was my first time in 20 years or so where I did not have PMS and I did not sleep 
during the mm. four days and I was not on painkillers. So of course I went I went back to get this thing. Of course. And I was so shocked to find that I had journeyed all around the world just to come back to literally come back where home. we come from. <laughs> like complete where the ancestors yeah. were. So then I now started really thinking seriously about how do I interact? How do I interact with the environment? Yeah. Because then I started putting together all my sensitivities. Yeah. You know, do I hear things more? I dream things like I noticed I'm one of those people who dreams things that are about to happen. Yes. So when you talk about dreaming, I understand what you, you what you mean. Yeah. And as I interacted more with the medication, I mean, I got completely healed and then I started giving it to friends. Mm-hmm. And what started happening is if somebody approached me and they said, "Oh, I've got this this and this problem." I could visualize I see the problem. I could visualize what was happening in their womb. Oh. I could visualize their pain. I could look at them and say, "Okay, this is why she looks fatigued. Okay, this is why she's fed up, and this is why her relationship is not working." Wow! So this came after your healing. After process. my healing, so you had kind of cleared yes. your yes. I had cleared system. my my yes. system, but I just started noticing that as you administer to somebody else, you begin to have oh. an interaction with that person. Wow! And it was very interesting, and that's when I started thinking, "This is this is really interesting." Yeah. To the extent where. If I interact with too many people like that, I would feel tired after. I can imagine. Almost like an energetic exchange had yeah. happened. And that's when I again started thinking about what does it really mean to be able to interact with the world around you. Mm-hmm. To to know that this this herb, you know, it will do this. Mm-hmm. Or to know when you're preparing the concoction so to speak, what to add, what not to add, what you've put too much of. Yeah. You know, to really begin to now engage in a very different way. With the process the of plants, healing, with the plants, healing, yeah. with the process, and with the people. Yes, right? exactly. And that's when I started thinking there's there's something else going on. Yeah. And for the first time in my life now, I felt settled because I understood that it wasn't madness; it's a gift. Yes. Yeah. Of course. So that's what I call the dreaming. You know, if for now, if I if I dream something and it happens, I don't panic. Yes. Right now, I think, oh, of course. That would make total sense. Yeah. And I started listening to my body more. Yeah. So that if I meet someone and I just feel panic, I listen to that panic. Yeah. Or if I feel fear. And then what do you do? Because that happens a lot to sensitives and people who sometimes well, are empathic. They feel the panic, uh-huh. but then they like just shove it away. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't make sense to react or respond to that feeling in that moment. Uh, well, what I've learned to do, and that's really helped my life is... If I feel panic, that's a no. No interact. Okay. I will say, I'm really sorry, but I can't help you. Okay. If I feel fear, I will act on that fear. Yeah. If I feel joy, I will act on that joy. Yeah. And I noticed that sometimes when you're afraid, let's say you're afraid of saying no to something and you should be. The minute you say no to what you should be saying no to, the right things begin to appear in your life. Okay. And that is when sort of like I understand I started to understand the magic of intuition. Yes. Why we are told follow your intuition. Yeah. It's literal. Yeah. It's literal. And it's a lot to do with our workspaces, the people we interact with, our relationships, our finance finances, everything mm-hmm. is connected. Mm. So, I mean that's sort of my own now my own experience has taught me that. 
Yeah. Okay, so now I'm very curious. Uh, I'm going to jump all over the place and not follow the usual trajectory. But I'm curious now because of your work as an investment banker and I'm just thinking of people listening and, you know, people who have a lot of awakenings and this sort of thing happen to them. This can sometimes be a very difficult crossroad where, um, you know, you are feeling called to pursue uh, your gifts that may not uh, promise monetary kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, they, they're not, they're not going to give you money <laughs> or they're not going to make you money or they mean a salary cut. And um, yeah, and, and people can be quite stuck in that limbo, you know? Um, so I hear you when you say, when you follow the intuition, then things become right. But when you're on the other side before the things become right, you know, that is the point at which many people reject <laughs> Yes. The path or the calling, just like it's not going to work for me. Well, you see, the rational mind, because remember that um, the socialization, the current socialization of the world is kind of like the rational mind thinking things through. Mm. And this is why, and based on what you think or what other people think, you, you will be told things like, you have to do this kind of job to get this kind of results, to get this kind of reward, to have this kind of life, right? But you see, what a lot of people don't realize is that the, the, there is like light at the end of the rainbow. But you mm. have to cross the rainbow, mm. right? You have to make the decision yeah. to cross the rainbow. And you will never really know what's on the other side until you get there. Mm -hmm. And you, you, based off all these assumptions, and I see a lot of people who they live within, within these borders, but they're still not achieving their goals, mm. right? I mean, they are doing all the right things, so to speak. Yeah. A, by shutting down their intuition or their gifts, they also invite a illness, right? So they live within these borders and live with, with, with these illnesses. Yeah. Some of these illnesses manifest also as addictions. Yes. Because, because it's like, let's say there's 10 parts of you and you've shut down four critical bits. Yeah. So for, the, for, the, for, for you to be able to now use the six bits, it's like you're a cripple. Yeah. So, the, so my own experience was I noticed that when I said yes to me, then I could still do the work I loved, but choose the clients that were more suited to my personality okay. and to my goals. Yes. So then I could say, for instance, I love finance, but I will work within renewable energy. Yes. So I will work within affordable housing. Sure. I will make sure my work always has impact. Yeah. If I meet a client and I don't like the way they are sounding, if I if that vibration, if I just feel off, even yeah. if they are doing the most amazing thing, feeding ten thousand children or whatever. Yeah. But my body just feels weird, it's a no. Okay. Right. It's a no. Mm. So it's it's really a way using kind of like your body as a thermometer, you know, so that you and when you do that, you open up all the other the other bodies, mm -hmm. you know, like the auric body or the etheric body. Mm -hmm. When you begin to do that, also you're telling your body identify the right opportunities for me yeah. within the work that I want to do, yeah. within the work that I love, because there is, I think the dichotomy is false where there's these people who do finance and accounting and law and on the other side there's the ones who do art and yes because that's creativity. usually you know I mean that's what most people think and that's that's the rational mind but the, the yeah. dichotomy is false yeah. because there's people who do accounting but they love it they have the best clients they, they, they interact with work that they love I mean they're having way more fun yeah. than somebody who's doing dance who doesn't like 
the the client that they're working of course yeah. so it's really so all it's about alignment yes it's about alignment uh, it's about understanding that the entire world is is your oyster it is open to you yeah and you can actually flit from one part to another i mean your personality or your whole being can deal with different parts of who you are yeah. or what the world has to offer yeah so in a sense the same way that you can taste salt and then you can taste sugar Yeah. So you can also mix it, mix and match your career. Yes, exactly. The whole point is to be healthy, you know, and when they say healthy, wealthy and wise, when I say wealthy, I mean wealthy in spirit. Yeah. You know, like wealthy in terms of being um aligned to your spiritual gifts and connected to spirit in such a way that you are solid and strong. Mm. Mm. if that makes any sense. Yes. <laughs> I mean like you know what? The thing about uh, your journey and uh, As, I mean it can be so complex for people you know because everybody feels or thinks that they want to align to their spiritual gifts and actually they do they have a desire to do so but um the journey there can be really arduous and it's so painful and you know so many times you feel I can't do this alone I need to get help. Uh you know what I mean? Like so so I mean it's not that I want to say hey what advice can you give? I can't handle that advice thing. But you know what can you say around um sticking around? You see what 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 happens is that what a lot of people don't realize at the beginning is that life will teach you because what tends to happen when you shut down your gifts or or you follow the, these straight and linear paths thinking they're going to lead you somewhere something something comes to sort of like take you off it yeah because in a sense the universe is our is our biggest teacher yeah and um she wants to take you where you should be going so even if you have your own plans yeah you're going to be taken off that plan. Yeah. And that's the illness that happens. Yes, that's yes. the house that burns down. Exactly. That's the so many things. Exactly. Yeah, that I mean if you, you could be way. doing well, you have lots of money, but then maybe you get cancer. Now you have to deal with cancer. Yeah. And you'll start wondering what happened here? What did I do wrong? You start reading about cancer, thinking about certain things. You will start inevitably thinking about spirituality mm-hmm. as you prepare or you contemplate the afterlife. Yes, exactly. So in a sense, I mean life is not straight and linear yeah. even though we want it to be. And that's what mm-hmm. I mean about the rational mind mm-hmm. tricks you into thinking that you've got it all covered, mm-hmm. that you've mm-hmm. got it under control, but you don't. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask specifically about the medicine that you, you know, make now and administer to people. Yeah. Um firstly maybe you can tell us exactly what the medicine does okay. and then tell us what is the relationship between the medicine and dreaming. Okay. So the medicine is a decongestant for the for the menstrual and the digestive system. And the reason it works on it works together because they are connected. So um the idea is that for the menstrual system to work well the digestive system has to be clean not impacted. Yeah. So that the two don't press on each other. Now the the co- the combination of herbs I mean there's let's say one herb that is a purg a purgative okay. it treats the stomach really. Yeah. That's And the one that knocked me out. Um, part of the medicine. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I remember your experience was quite yes. intense. Yeah. Right. So so that that is just supposed to take sort of like 
dead impacted stuff that's in your belly yeah. and take it out yeah right is some of that emotional uh uh-huh. it will be okay because of um because we store memory yes we store memory in our tissues anything that's in your stomach mm-hmm. has has a memory oh, right wow. so that's that's the reason that you will have that emotional reaction as you release yeah you know because it'll be like oh it's gone then you know with any type of movement or loss yeah. you will experience an emotional reaction yes then there's another herb in there that's to treat sort of blockages or any impediments in the menstrual system yeah so that there's the front part and what i call the front and the back back part really and they work together mm. then of course uh, the medicine has a hormonal component mm-hmm. right which is supposed to restore the balance between estrogen and progesterone and then we have um so then we also have an aphrodisiac component oh right and there's also a fertility treatment in there okay. now the fertility works with the hormonal stuff because it kind of like brings back your eggs or brings back regular production of eggs yes you know your your regular 24 to 28 day cycle yes so you're not e- you're not producing eggs too quickly together yeah. and if if you if you're having a period too fast after 10 days all the time you're probably not giving your body your womb enough time to restore itself uh, okay. if it's too far out it means you're producing eggs rarely you're approaching menopause you could be premenopausal right for various reasons including yes. our change of diet yeah so there's the the decongestants there's the aphrodisiac there's the fertility treatment there's the hormonal balancing yeah. and at the same time there's a womb strengthening function because when these medicines were created or when when women were thinking about this back in the day when our grandmas had as many children as they wanted really yeah they were not thinking that there's going to be women who don't want children <laughs> yes of course you can imagine just, right yeah it makes no sense yeah in african culture <laughs> there was no time to think oh there's going to be a bunch who have this career yeah. and they're going to like put off having children until they are 40s the assumption is that we want to procreate yeah and that is why they put this thing together saying of course you want children of course you want grandchildren yeah it's part so, of the natural order exactly it's like you know yeah. you, you you do want to be able to give birth yeah. but i also tell people that remember that even if you don't want to have children children you want to be able to give birth to your projects yes definitely and you Big will one. notice that for me i noticed after i healed is when my projects started to manifest and become real yes. and i would birth a real projects which do yes. not die and my stuff started to work right yes. so i think about everybody who's try to do something and you get stuck somewhere mm-hmm. or you know you you birth a stillbirth project so to big speak big one big yes, one exactly yeah. so i think of all these women who are so frustrated trying to do things with their lives and they just don't understand why it never happens for them yeah and so remember there's that component of there's the physical component what's happening on the physical level yeah. and what's happening on the spiritual and the mental level yeah now with um, my understanding is um, from what i have read really is that memory is stored you know in the physical body yes you know just like if you have a trauma depending on where the trauma manifests that is where that memory is stored yeah the dreaming is as you release all those memories they come up into the subconscious they manifest in your dreams and they go I see. and that is why for about a week or two you might really have some tough dreams yeah and then later on you're going to have some really sweet dreams uh, and then you're yeah. going to start dreaming about the thing that you want you know oh. i've had women who say 
I've wanted to adopt for a long time. I've started dreaming about adopting. I had a dream that I went to an adoption center and, and I got a baby. Wow. Others will say I've started dreaming about this new job. I could see everything. I wanted, you know, I was on the plane traveling here. Uh. So then you see you begin to really understand. Mm. And and in any case, there's um a medicine in there that's like a mushroom okay or also um a potato. It looks like a potato. Yeah. But it's a mushroom. Okay. And this this is a really interesting um piece. That that herb that piece that I use grows underground. Okay. Like a root. Yes. But it's like a fruit. Oh, wow. I mean, so when I recently went um, up country and I went to see that plant, I was yeah. shocked just uh, looking at it. Yeah. And how it man- it's manifests in the wild. It's just all over the place in the wild. Yeah. Right? In the bushy, really semi-dry areas. Yes. And when you cut it up and then you dry it, now it looks like a mushroom. Ah. So some people say yes, that's a psychedelic. I was going to say, does it have psychedelic properties in a way? It might. It might. Okay. Right? But ideally, when you ask the ladies, what is this one for? It's they say it's it's to build, um, it's to stimulate milk production. Okay. Really. So it's connected to uh, fertility. Yes. Right. Life force and, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So so that's that's how the medicine works. Okay. And it's very interesting that when, once you're having that experience with it yourself, when it does all these different things. Yes. And you go back and look at the tree. I mean, you you will really have a surreal experience huh. because you think the connection. How many women, let's say, hundreds of years ago, could look at this tree and know? This is for this. Yes. This is for this, and this exactly. is for this. Yeah. yeah. Because I asked my cousin when he took me to see this particular one that is like a mushroom. I told him, "How did they know? How did they know? Yeah. I asked him, <laughs> "How did they know that this does that? Yeah. And he said, "The tree spoke to them. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, like, I totally get that because I am constantly, as a modern woman, you know, and living within the many distractions and interferences that there is, you know, um, I am constantly trying to reconnect with uh, living things, living elements, plants, you know, and I mean, it happens on a kind of... um, you know, minuscule level where you just interacting with your tea, knowing it's a plant. Yeah. But I try to make it quite conscious um, that I'm dealing with plants all the time, living beings. Sometimes that consciousness can come on uh, with me sitting on a chair and something hits me. Oh, this is a plant. I'm with a plant, I'm being supported by this plant in this sitting with my friend. You know what I mean? And then this kind of consciousness grows to understand how much of what surrounds us is living and interacting with us and uh, dealing with us on an emotional level as well, you know? You know, so, so, and I think many people are like, you know, in the way you described London and how the alternative can be a little bit trendy in, in, in ways, I think everybody wants to feel that deeper connection with things, you know, but there just is so much sitting between. Yes. You know, yeah. That kind of connecting. Yeah. I mean, it's the reason we go to the sea. Yeah. Because it's the reason when we're on holiday, we go to the beach. Yeah. And nobody has ever wondered, but why? Yeah. You know, why do you feel, you know, you want to be near a body of water? Yeah. And why do you feel relaxed? Yeah. Around it? 
you yeah. know, and the fact that you know we are 70% water, you yeah. know, ourselves. Yeah. So this is our, us, sort of like, and you know, engaging with the body of the wider, the microcosm, and the macro. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like coming home somehow. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I saw that. I mean, for, I mean, my own journey. I mean, at least I feel peaceful now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Knowing that I can create peace anywhere that I go. Yeah. And knowing that I can manifest what I need, because that is what this brought to me. Even the idea that you are surrounded by plants and living things, and the strangest thing is that they want to support you. Yeah. They want to give you. Mm-hmm. Right. And and even people say to me, "Oh my God, you've discovered this thing. If it's a fertility, you're going to make so much money, Chabet." And I say, "No, n- not really. It's not even about that." Uh, and and in a sense I will not make it an expensive access is really important yeah. because it was given to me free yeah right it's it's there that's why I tell people I can show people this is a tree yeah. this is the one and people say oh no 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 you must hide your formula I say no I will not uh-huh. you must not tell people what's in it I say it's the same way it was given to me yeah so maybe I charge like an administrative fee yes but the whole point is that healing is free Yeah. The sea is free. When you yeah. go to the beach, it's not like the sea is saying to you, "Oh, pay." Yeah. Pay me $30 to experience yeah. some bliss exactly. over here. Only white people tell you that you must pay. <laughs> you know, only somebody else has colonized the beach. <laughs> exactly. Another person. But the beach exactly. itself, even the sun, the sun never yeah. says to you, you know, look look how amazing I am. Look, yes. I'm shining on you. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Give you're me enjoying me. Excuse me. <laughs> you haven't paid for this sunshine. Exactly. Yeah. Another thing you that will happen with this is you will dream of ancestors who you never met. Oh, yeah. Wow. You know? Yes. So that's quite an interesting because yeah. now you Is that happened for you? That happened for me. Okay. Because uh, I've been told about like a grandpa or my my grandpa's brother was a medicine man yes. and I never met him ah. and even my grandma my grandma died I think when I was two I don't remember her but now I distinctly see her in my dreams ah. and I begin to understand that these people supported me even when I wasn't there yes so it's such a reconnection yes even in with the lineage in a way yes yeah. yes yes and I begin to understand why it had to happen in Kenya not ah. even though I was I was sent to away to a fancy school and you know in in a sense when you leave Africa and you go to to the west you think you're going to something better yeah but one day you recognize that there's something better yeah. is right here exactly that's a big one for me i've just been having complete um inspiration to go and find the graves of my past uh, grandparents uh-huh. and great grandparents even the ones that i haven't met okay. but like a very strong intuitive pull to like go visit graves just to honor their lives i want to know who they were what were their names what did they wear what did they yeah, do yeah. you know like a huge curiosity that brings to me some kind of like Closure, peace yeah. in my spirit yeah is that yeah. recent or it's quite recent okay so at the end of last year december i went on this trip to go look for my father's grandfather's grave um he never met his grandfather he doesn't know his grandfather but i have been having these dreams or this kind of intuitive pull towards yeah. knowing them and i i see them in dreams in very strange and abstract ways like a cow 
you know, like just kind of these cow horns and a black bull and like this kind, but very much a knowing that that's my great grandfather. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And um, and he's needing some attention and he's needing to be remembered and you know. And like trying to articulate that to everyone is a bit of a challenge. But we went on this trip, <laughs> you know, yeah, and we that. didn't find him. Um, but and and left it. But I feel like the dreams are coming back, uh-huh. and things are getting a bit weird because <laughs> the mission wasn't completed. Ah, you know, yeah. it's like oh, we still need to go do that. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm glad you've had that experience so that at least it's not abstract for you. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, I really think that will bring serious community healing. I like to ask people, what did they see mm-hmm. in the past about who they are now or their lives now? Did you ever see this part of yourself? Well, what I did see was... Um, First, attraction to green, attraction to vegetation. But I, I also saw that my personality is somebody who really likes to stick with things. Somebody who's kind of like quite consistent. Yeah, you know, just keep keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. Mm. And now the difference is that I have intention. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, some people always say, oh, Chebet, you get into so many things, you know. Mm. But now I understand why. And even doing things like I notice now in my exercise practice, I start my physical exercise. I've started incorporating animal movements because wow. I, I think my ancestors were seeing many animals, mm-hmm. or you know, and they had a very deep understanding of why those animals behave that way. Yeah. So they themselves must have had a very deep understanding of and a deep connection to the body. So I noticed, like you know, you know, do like a bit of chameleon move or. You know, when you do this particular move, how how does your body feel? Yes, so it's it's very it's a quite a different experience from modern day what we call modern day exercises. Yes, but at the same time, it sharpens your capabilities. You know, it yeah. it grounds you. At the same time, it it makes you more sharp. Like you can literally now hear things better. You know, or see things better. Yeah, yeah. You know, not everybody <laughs> knows how to get back. Into themselves. No, yeah. Not everybody knows how to find the inner map. You cannot avoid. You're gonna either like grow or you're gonna die. Yeah. You know, which is also yeah. the, kind of like the law of the jungle. Yeah. You know, though, in a sense, what a lot of Africans don't realize is that the jungle is ours. The jungle is here to support us. Yes. So, like the way you'd probably thrive in the forest without knowing it. If you were left in to, in the forest to your own devices, let's say you've been living in a city and somebody tells you we're going to drop you in the Congo. You think you're going to die, but actually maybe you're going to thrive. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Yeah, you're going to shout for the first time. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, this is one thing that happens in nature for a lot of people. I know it happens for me, is that you also don't realize how little you shout. Like yell, like howl, like an animal. It's kind of these animalistic kind of things that you're Absolutely. talking about. You get to the top of a mountain, you get into the wilderness, and then you're like, oh, I have the freedom to shout. And exactly. you scream your lungs out. And it's like so cleansing, so Absolutely. purging. So like it's almost like recalibrates Absolutely. a certain part of yourself. It's yeah. like, oh, I had to get that out. I didn't even know. It. And the, the city environment would have never supported that, you yeah. know? Absolutely. And that will give you more incentive to preserve the forest. Yes. You know what I mean? To understand why it's there. Yeah. And why it needs to be preserved. Yeah. You know, that is how humanity has survived for millions of years. 
in terms of healing because this is, conversation has also been about healing in so many ways and healing in this kind of modern day life you know mm-hmm. um i'm quite curious specifically about the medicine that you make and um fibroids yeah you know and what has been your experience with people healing fibroids because it's almost like a modern day phenomena okay like no one knows what's going on people don't understand some fibroids are watermelon size some are like walnut size what's bringing them on is it because we're not having kids is it because of the stress anyway not that you have an answer but what has been your journey around dealing mm-hmm. with fibroids and the different ways that they manifest in women's lives and especially okay. black women fibroids what, what what's really happened first there's been a major shift in our diet and there's been a major shift in the acidity or the environment that is being created in our bodies so i mean i can just talk about things like bread gluten if you look at our ancestral diet it is significantly different from what we are eating today so now my understanding is that our diet our modern day diet is not compatible with our our african bodies number 2 with sugar and even the fact that bread produces sugar and you have your pasta which produces sugar there's such an acid environment in your womb mm-hmm. acidic environment and that sort of like breeds for these things to grow so just on like a very basic level the dawa will change the acidity in your body because that's why i tell people you will experience thirst maybe hunger or maybe reduced hunger yeah and it's like you will notice a shift from acidity to alkalinity uh-huh. and i'll say you'll notice that if you are getting a lot of candida that'll go okay and then in in addition there's one herb in there that actually it treats um infections uh-huh. and it's very strong it's it's in there to deal with like opportunistic infections yeah in the urinary tract in the digestive system so that removes a lot of the, these things that grow so once you take that out the fibroid has nothing to feed on okay and it first it begins to dissolve yeah so it doesn't have the environment that it likes and it starts to shrink and come out as old blood and old bits then there's other things in there that kind of like function like pimples it's like you have pimples inside your your womb and it's it's a similar process even uh. though when people describe some of the conditions they have they seem very complicated but for me I, i say look at it like let's say when you have pimples on your face yeah you ask yourself like what did i eat yes you know or what, what soap am i using uh, exactly. or what did i do recently that's different uh-huh, exactly and you get your answer yes you know you'll think oh that day when you know i had too much of this or i had yes. too much of that or i've been eating too much of this or this is how i've been feeling yeah and when you correct that process the pimples disappear yeah Yeah. And you know pain sometimes is nature's way of telling you remedy something. Do something. Yeah. So I mean I I, be, I believe in the food journey. I do believe in the juicing and the smoothies and all the good things, you know, for okay. women or for, for humanity really. Yeah. So I'm a big believer in saying like for instance now I don't eat bread and I know this is a, as a result of the dawa. I have no interest in bread. Okay. And I mean I eat pasta but There was a time I'd have like pasta for lunch and I would have breakfast for you know bread for breakfast yes. you know when I lived abroad huh? now I'm more interested in cassava and like you know yam and uh, you know some crunchy crunchy nuts and yes. I'm going through a muesli phase I'm eating muesli for breakfast lunch and dinner 
So I noticed your body begins to tell you what you like. What it needs. Yes. Yeah. And this results in the weight loss. Yes. You know, already now the bloating goes down, all the air is out. Yeah. All the excess water is out. This is why people say, oh, you know, you're shrinking. Yes. And I'm, you, you tell them I'm on dawa. Ah. But it's working in, in, in a way that completely just brings you back to balance. Okay. The, that's my interpretation of how it deals with fibroids. Okay. And I think fibroids in themselves, it's as if I've noticed that all the women who've had them tell me that the doctor said, you know, they won't kill you, but they're more of like an, an obstruction. Yeah. Than anything else. Like it's uncomfortable for so many people. Yeah. I mean, I, I was diagnosed with a fibroid, uh-huh. but I haven't yet felt the, okay. the kind of very intense symptoms that people feel. Uh-huh. But I mean, so many times it's like this heavy period okay. and a lack of um, energy and irons, almost like the fibroids. Yeah. Like just yeah. chow your iron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, people feel incredible pain. Sometimes they protrude, you know, and actually, um, mm-hmm. yeah, become visible growths. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all the stuff going wrong in your stomach. Yeah. Extensively. Like, yeah. and just, it just keeps getting worse because nothing is changing. Yeah. You know? And stress. I, mm-hmm. Yes, the whole thing. Yeah. I think it's just the, you know, configuration of everything because it's lifestyle. Yes. Because I'm, this fibroids, all these things, fibroids, PCOS, all these things we're experiencing, for me, I call them, they're the modern modern women's disease. Yeah. Secondary infertility. Yeah. A lot of these things. And they're all associated also with birth control, with um, sort of like um, using things that our ancestors never used. So I've just seen that the women who come and talk about what's been going on, typically they have a good education, they went to university, they have a job. At some point they were on birth control, they postponed giving birth. Yeah. They don't live the way the women in the village live. Yeah. I knew of one person who was going on a Hajj. She was going to Mecca. So she went and put herself on birth control for the time. I think it was six months. When she came back and got off the birth control, she didn't see a period for three years. Oh. That's that's the kind of story you get. Hi. Yes. Yeah. I did not want to be having a period. But it really disrupted everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, thank you so much uh, for all your insight. <laughs> Tell us again who you are in terms of the things that you do. Can you give me a list okay. of the things that you are? <laughs> I'd say, well, I'm an African woman and I'm a healer for African women. That's really my, my target market yeah. is women, but predominantly African women. Mm. I'd call myself um, a super connector. I'm an integrator. You know, I bring things and people together. So I perform this function of kind of like being in the center and attracting all the different possibilities and, and making that happen. At the same time, I'd say I'm a creative. I'd say I'm a magician. I call myself a Miti Shambares. So, you know, Miti Shamba is um, herbs in Kiswahili. So, I mean, it's it's a whole entire mix. But um, I'm happy to say that, you know, kind of I'm all things to me. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much.